guys? Welcome back to the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, I'm with Sean Fox, who has absolutely changed the face of Statesboro. Literally, <laughs> he's done an amazing job at everything that, uh, from branding, web design, he absolutely has completely changed what Statesboro looks like. Uh, Sean Fox, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, for those that don't know who Sean Fox is, tell me a little bit about yourself. So, uh, well, first, um, father of three. Okay. Husband of one. Okay. Um, and uh, so I've got three kids, and Bethany's my wife. She's a teacher in, in Brooklyn. And, okay. Uh, I've grown up, lived here for 35 years. That's awesome. What were you doing in high school? So I was playing in bars on the weekends. Uh-huh. So uh, I played a lot of music growing up. Okay. Um, started playing drums when I was 10 and, uh, you know, kind of went from there and played in bars on the weekends and church on Sunday. How did you get into that? Uh, I mean, I, my parents always got me, uh, or started getting me drum sets about when I was two. Okay. And I, I, I got Toys R Us drum sets for a number of years. Um, and I just remember, uh, there's, there's a funny memory where I had a, a, a drum set and, uh, it was one of those ones with the symbol that comes out of the bass drum. Okay. And I wanted something bigger. So I rigged up like two pool sticks. Like okay. We had little mini uh, pool sticks. And uh, I rigged those up with like, uh, you ever seen the little monkey that has the little symbol? Yes. In yes. So we had some uh, little kid symbols and I like stuck them on there and made like this larger drum set out of this. And then I think shortly after that, I got a, a full size drum set. And I was kind of into baseball and when I say I was into baseball I just kind of did it I wasn't okay. really any good at it um and um I just started playing at church on Sundays when I was 10 that's when I started playing on main stage okay and did you fall in love with it what was the what it was, was it like like starting out as 10 years old starting out it was super frustrating because I, mm. I knew what I wanted to do but I couldn't and uh it took a long time to develop a lot of the uh, interdependence between limbs and and not having my right arm match my right leg or you know play the same thing on on the right side of my body and something different it, it just sure. it took a long time to figure that stuff out and um, I was also too stubborn to really take lessons or anything I wanted to do it myself okay. um, and but I mean it just kind of progressed from there I started playing in church on Sundays and then we started developing bands and youth group and and stuff like that and that eventually led to playing in bars on the weekends. Yeah, so like well, how does that connect with each other? So you were playing at church. So I was playing at out. Yeah, I was playing at church and then uh me and a couple friends uh in high school, we were probably like 14, started like this band and we just started playing music and and really just wanted to write music. I mean, back then this was like MTV. Okay. Uh MTV2 had just come out and like we were into metal music and like all of this kind of stuff. So uh, that's that's mostly the music we played in, in the bars on Sunday or, or Friday night and Saturday night were metal and hardcore music. And then I'd go to church and play. Very nice. You know. And then so uh, I guess, you know, the, the group that you had formed started mm -hmm. playing at these bars. And then you would develop this uh, thing where you would play on Friday, Saturday, yeah. and then Sunday you would wake up early. Uh, did you party at all? During, during no, because we didn't have time. Because okay. I mean, like, I mean, I didn't. As mm -hmm. Some of my friends did, but okay. like, it was it was a thing where we would we would practice probably two or three times a week, um, 
and uh, my one of my best friends, uh, his mom actually uh, helped us create a um, like a band room in their barn. So we we had there was actually two different bands going practicing at the same time. So there was my one of my best friends, uh, Brian Pravat, his band. Um, okay. Yeah, so his band was um, playing in a, a shed out in their backyard, and then we had built a band room in the barn, and we were playing there at the same time. I'm sure the neighbors hated all of us, <laughs> but uh, we'd practice two or three times a week. We'd load in um, sometime that evening on Friday night on a bar um, in town. There was Legends, Apex, Horizons. Oh, snap. So, like, going on. Classics, <laughs> baby. We, we dropping some big names right now. <laughs> That's, That's right. awesome. So we would we would play on Friday night. I mean, loadout is like eleven a or eleven p.m. Uh, midnight, and sure. by that time you've played a couple hour set and you're done. Like, got you. We would stay up and watch Headbangers Ball on MTV too, and and eventually fall asleep and wake up Saturday morning. And then you know if we had a show that Saturday night, we'd do it again, um, and then get up early and go play at church so, on Sunday. So it sounds like you had a lot of fun during that. that oh, it was a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a ton of fun. I mean, and we. would did we had one band from like fourteen to fifteen, and then I joined a, a couple college guys in another band and played there for you know three or four years just around and 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 stuff, and you know eventually got into college, played in another band, went and recorded a couple albums and awesome some music and stuff like that. So it was a lot of fun. How how did that kind of like translate to what you're doing now? So you are you are the if you want to tell everybody kind of like the position that you are in. Uh, okay. At, at, the, at the company, yes. Oh, okay. So, so. yeah, I, I um I own a design agency called Pioneer Design, and we uh, focus on on uh, focus in on brand strategy, um, which is kind of like the underlying foundation for all things business. So you know, it fits, it fits with this. So it's it's essentially like the the foundation upon which business is built. I mean, you arguably can't have. Uh, effective marketing if you don't have effective messaging. And so we build everything that's underneath the surface that most people, most consumers, most customers don't see. Mm. But it's all the stuff that drives everything else. So creative, I mean, this is the way we talk about it. The difference between art and design is art is for you and design is for everybody else. And so art uh, expresses emotions and design communicates information. And so that's a lot of what we're developing for different companies is not just... Uh, changing the face of Statesboro. It's really making business better and more beautiful because of the work that we're doing in strategy work. And then we also do identity work, logos and things like that, web design, and then we develop marketing plans based off of all of that stuff. So it just really compounds and builds on each other. Um, but again, going back to the base, like if you don't have a firm base, like I used to work construction too. So if you don't have a solid, sure firm, level, straight foundation, it's really difficult to build anything on top of it that is also straight and sure because everything is built off of each other. That's Does that right. make sense? So. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, we, we've worked together before. Yeah. In fact, I mean, you have kind of like spearheaded some of the brands that I uh, currently am, am working with. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was, it was great to see. Uh, there were certain things that you would talk about, especially in those early meetings that I would say, uh, I don't know if like I, I'm just like stupid or like I'm not understanding this. Um, you know, talking about you know the logo living on certain surfaces, right? Sure. And and I didn't realize the value of that. 
Mm. Until uh, I started kind of like working with the logo my, myself, mm-hmm. right? So I took the logo and kind of like started, you know, putting on different products. And I realized that no matter if it was on a table, no matter if it was on a uh, on a sticker, on on a business card, it could it could be transferred to multiple different places and mm-hmm. still maintain itself. So I. I, I got so much value out of that. Yeah. And, you know, the work that you've done, you know, I, I keep coming back to facelift of Statesboro, which you have absolutely done, right? Mm-hmm. So many um, small towns aren't known for their design. Not typically, no. Right? And, and because you are such a powerhouse in the Statesboro area um, and outside this area, and we'll touch on that in a little bit, yeah. you know, you have kind of had a major impact on the way that this statesboro looks like mm-hmm. right um you know just rattling off brands if you if if on off the top of your bull, bull and barrel mm-hmm. uh tandoor and tap so yummy asian kitchen that's who i'm involved you know and all these different uh brands i mean what what kind of got you there so you know you started off uh let's kind of like a- i want to ask about how you got to that place so, where you started designing so it's a it's it's a really funny story so i've been playing drums for I'm so 25 years or more now at this point, like legitimately playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I could argue I've been playing since I was two, but sure, that's not entirely accurate. But um, so there was a there was a an intern position in college that I was vying for, and it was at the Wesley Foundation. Went to the Wesley Foundation throughout college, played music there as well, um, and it was for the the worship intern. And I was thinking, I've you know at this point. I've got a solid 10 years of, of experience doing worship music on the weekends, but also doing band, you know, stuff in bars on, on the weekends as well. And, you know, a lot of experience there. And uh, I went in for the position and I didn't get it. And what's really funny is another one of my friends, his name is uh, David Donnan. He's now a pastor of, I think, two churches. One of them, he's a Methodist pastor. I think one of them is in Twin City and another one's somewhere else. I can't remember. Um but he actually got that position. Mm. And there was another intern position over at the Methodist Church um, with Brandon Williams as a youth intern. And so I didn't get the worship intern one at Wesley, which I thought that I was going to get because it just made what I thought was a lot of sense. But I did get the youth intern position at uh, Methodist Church. And so that didn't really involve... A lot of music that wasn't necessarily a part of my job description. The youth pastor. Yeah. Okay. And but but what are the youth intern? Intern. So, yeah. So Brandon yeah. was the pastor, and um, but anyway, what it wound up being is is a position where we needed some design works, like slides for announcements and stuff. And you know, skipping back, like I I had drawn a little bit. I'm not very good with a pencil. I'm much better at a computer than I am a pencil. Mm-hmm. But I had done some things. My parents had gotten me some like caricature, like caricature drawing videos because that's how old I am. <laughs> they, were, they were on VHS. They weren't on DVD nice. or the internet. So, <laughs> but you know, I had dabbled in some of that stuff, and I was just like, you know, like this seems pretty easy. It's creative in nature, and I'm not. I'm clearly not getting to do the drum, you know, worship side of things. But uh, maybe I'll try this stuff, and I just started doing it, and. I really enjoyed it, and it just kind of progressed from there, honestly. I mean, that's just as simple as it was. I started designing for that. We started a college service there called Selah and designed the logo and all of that kind of stuff and really just 
I guess the, the, the main thing for me, and, and this is through my tenure of design, of, of running a creative team at Connection Church for nine years or better, or working at Connection Church and then also eventually getting into like running a team of creatives at Connection was, you know, I wanted everything to have intention and meaning and purpose. Mm. Mm. And that was something I, I still believe, and that's what we do at Pioneers. We build intention, meaning, purpose in every single decision that we make. So if you ask what color we chose, it's for a specific reason, mm -hmm. not just because we liked it. Mm -hmm. Because when you build things with intention, it matters more to the people you're trying to talk to. Because that's our, that's our goal is to, to figure out who, who we are as a company, whoever we is, and, and who we're trying to talk to, and develop things that connect those two people together. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that, then we're building trust. And when we build trust, then we can sometimes make a sale or sell a service or do something like that Absolutely. that's more genuine than just like some sort of sales pitch of as seen on tv products that we've all been burned by right of course so um that's just that's part of like the the process for us is building intention and purpose in the stuff and and really just from there i'd, I'd progressed into designing for the church and did a lot of the foundational work design-wise for the um, for Connection Church. and talk, talk to, uh, Oh, I would, wanted to ask about Connection. Connection, from my understanding, did not start at the building that it's new. No. Mm -mm. It started at a, at a like an auditorium at a high school. Is that correct? No. Where did it start? So it actually started at a pond house. Well, if you really want to get technical, it started in Brandon's living room. Mm. And then it went to a pond house um, that his father-in-law owned. And we met there for a few weeks, and then eventually we moved into a building that was behind Burger King. So I think it's Southern Chiropractic that is back there now, I think. Um, but anyway, we, we were there for a few years, um, renovated it twice. Mm. Uh, and when we moved from there, then we moved to Statesboro High and uh, were there for a few years and built the building we're in now. Mm -hmm. So I think we're, at this point, we're 11 years old, maybe 12 this coming November, I can't remember. Um, yeah, 12, because we started in 2008. Mm -hmm. So, um, but just progressing that whole way, I mean, in the dynamics of having to communicate uh, to a thousand people from all walks of life about the three main things, which would be big church, so adults, kids ministry and student ministries and then all the associated other things that you know are come with church ministry sure. and stuff like that um as we grew in in numbers but on size and, and staff and things like that communication was a big thing mm -hmm. and that's where i go right back to design is is about inf communicating information mm -hmm. in like a lovely way sure or in a you know a strong way or a beautiful way or a pretty way or anything like that because that's that's part of the style side of it not just the information and so at what point did you start I guess becoming um, holding the position of I guess creative director Is yeah that like creative pastor so I mean I got I, I think well what wound up happening is I was I was working a job at a roofing contractor while the church was starting because it was starting and we couldn't afford it. Um, and he was gracious enough to um, pay me full, like a full salary for 40 hours a week, but only, you know, I only had to work four out of those five days. And I had a day that he was actually paying for 
me to work at the church. And so that enabled us to do a lot of things um, that we ordinarily wouldn't have been able to do. And then going into that, like transitioning into um, more of that, there was just a scenario where in 2011, my boss had come to me and said, hey, you know, I I need you here full time. And that was just going to put a big strain on on the church. We weren't really prepared for that. And I mean, I am forever grateful for uh, the time that he gave me, you know, in the, in the pay and, and all of that sort of stuff. But I just knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do long-term and, and I wanted to be in ministry long-term mm-hmm. doing the creative side of stuff. And so I talked with my wife in uh, December of 2011, I quit my job like cold Turkey mm. and went to go work. I mean, I, I was, I wasn't making a lot of money at, at the, construction I mean I felt like I was at the time but like you know in the grand scheme of things it wasn't a lot but I still quit my job with a two-year-old a wife and a mortgage mm. and got paid $150 a week at the church wow um, but what that forced me to do is then go out and start like cold call selling design work and you know like what was great about the whole thing is that I think it took me a year and a half to work for the church to be able to get to a point where they could pay me mm-hmm. um, almost full time. But in that year and a half, we never missed a bill. That's awesome. So, I mean, God provided everything that we needed. I mean, it wasn't excess by any stretch of the imagination, but it was everything we needed. We paid every bill. We were never late on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't, you know, I, I don't think it, God provides in such a way like where it's just this you know, the heavens open and just money dumps into my account. How do we make that happen? I don't know. <laughs> but if you, but if you, no, this but like, if you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, that's what I did is I printed up some business cards. I went and knocked on doors. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, I design logos. Hey, I can design you a business card. I can design you flyers. Just went and knocked on doors. And you know, and that's what, that's what happened. So a lot of our audience out there might be listening in mm-hmm. and they might be thinking about, okay, you know, I want to pursue something that I enjoy and absolutely love. Yeah. Right. What is the, you know, from your experience, what is the biggest piece of advice that you would be able to give them? If, if, if you, two things. Um, and I know for a fact, at least for me, um, I really enjoyed it. So I was willing to work for it. I worked six days a week, Mm. nights and weekends and things like that for probably seven or eight years Mm. with a family. Put in the time. You put in the time. I mean, you have to, Mm -hmm. because that's a, that's the only way you're going to get any better. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the interesting part, the difficult part, I don't know really what, uh, adjective or whatever I want to put to it is that things are at such a higher level now in 2020, like starting out than they were back when I started doing things. Like there's a lot of really good designers Mm -hmm. in all places, small towns, big towns, foreign countries, everywhere. There's a lot of really good design. There's a lot of really good artists. There's a lot of really good videographers and photographers. Sure. There's a lot of really good people and the internet has made it even more accessible than, than ever to gain access to them. So that's a thing. But like, if you love it, work for it. And then the second thing is there's a difference in business and hobby. Hmm. And so the, the way that Justin and I did a, a talk on uh, a while back at, at Georgia Southern about um, pricing for creativity. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I, that, that we said was that if somebody's 
not willing to pay you for what you're doing. It's a hobby, not a business. Mm. And so in design, it's not just art, but it's also not just communicating information. You have to be able to sell it. And so if you have a passion, it needs to, you need to figure out how to monetize it. Otherwise, it's just going to be a hobby. And that's okay sometimes. But if you want to turn it into a business, you have to figure out how to sell it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have hobbies out there that they sure. absolutely enjoy doing. You know, how, how, what is that step? How do you get to the point where something that it is that you enjoy and then you're able to put it into the hands of, you know, people and exchange that for cash, right? Because that's mm -hmm. what you're talking about. We have to generate interest. People have to want it. Mm -hmm. um, and if he, you also have to want it too. Sure. So, like, if you start a hobby... Uh, I mean, because we've talked about pizza before, sure. right? You sure. know, like I'm getting really into pizza because my wife got me. I see it all the time. My wife got makes me a pizza me, oven for makes me our anniversary. Every single time I see it. And it's fantastic. <laughs> and I love it. We do it every Friday night. That's right. Um, and so like I'm super passionate about that for my family. Sure. May, may or may not ever turn that into something. Mm -hmm. But it's all of these hobbies can be vehicles for business if that's what you want. That's I think right. that's that's a determination that everybody has to make. So it sounds to me like there is a factor in there of deciding what you want to do with that hobby. Yes. So and then once you, once you have decide, decided, mm -hmm. then you move towards that next thing. Yeah, and you I mean I I I do not like the word hustle. Mm. I I just don't. But I like the spirit of it. Okay. I just don't like the word. Okay. But you work hard. Mm -hmm. And you you put in the time, and you do what you have to do, and uh, to make it work, and that's that's the only way that I know how to go about it, because mm -hmm. uh, that's what I did. That's right. And and in, there's there's probably plenty of other ways to go about it. I just don't know what they are. Um, you mentioned something in in the first thing that you said about you know how accessible that everything has become. Mm -hmm. You know, anybody can pick up a camera and become a videographer. I can. Anybody can kind of like hop onto Photoshop, uh, look at pre-existing designs and come up with something that at least looks halfway decent. Right. How, do, how does one stand out? How does, how, what is your take on how, to, how Pioneer kind of, I guess, creates a brand around them that people come to you because you're able to offer what at, compared to everybody else so that goes into a lot of the the process of, mm -hmm. of what we're doing so how to stand out arguably in this market really any industry is to be yourself mm -hmm. i think for first and foremost to be yourself and so we work with small businesses we work with medium businesses we're doing work with really large businesses like outside of this area um but it all boils down to people communicating with people. And so how can you create a personality and a culture mm. within a company that connects with people outside of your company that want to be a part of it? Understood. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the way we talk about it is we help develop verbal that informs visual that gives a visceral feeling. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So I like alliteration. So um, verbal language 
that informs visual language, which is your logos, your typefaces, your colors, your style, your vibe, all of that sort of stuff, that then gives people a, a feeling. And that feeling, that gut feeling that people have about your company, your business, your nonprofit, yourself, is what your brand is. Mm. It's not what you say that it is. It's what other people say that it is. And so that's what brand is. It's reputation management in a lot of ways. But I, we, we use this illustration metaphor, I don't know what it is, all the time, where we've, some of us have at least seen these as-seen-on-TV commercials. And they're just pretty much renowned for not ever really turning out the way that they were promised. Sure. You know, so you get this, you get this product that it's this miracle. So yeah, this miracle product that's supposed to revolutionize all these things. And then you get it, and it either doesn't work as expected, um, it breaks really easily because sure. you paid, you know, one easy payment of nineteen ninety nine on it. <laughs> you know? That's right. Or, um, you know, you don't know how to use it, or, or, or there's some some hitch in it that made it not as true as what they said. Mm -hmm. Our argument and our position on all of this is that's what we want to do is build truth into marketing because all of this builds together. So strategy, identity, web, digital stuff, and then marketing is essentially this, you're waving this flag saying, hey, pay attention to me. Sure. But if all of this stuff up underneath isn't aligned and isn't true with what you're saying when you're waving this flag, people aren't going to trust you. Because why? Because there's thousands of other companies that do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So what's going to draw them to you is some sort of connection, some sort of uh, solution to a problem that you had. Mm -hmm. And so we have to identify what those things are and then express it visually, verbally, you know, to give the feeling. People make a decision in 0 0.05 seconds after first looking at your website, whether they're going to stay or they're going to leave. Mm. So you've got 0 0.05 seconds to make a good impression enough for them to scroll down. It's a lot of pressure. Of course. But if we've done all of this work, this foundational work where we've done some verbal strategy and we've, we've figured out what, what sort of messaging is going to resonate with people, is going to connect with people on an emotional level, and then put that up top and help people, I mean, just help people, really, like digitally, then that's going to hopefully compel them to scroll further and get further into the story. Understood. Does that make sense? Of course. So of course. that's kind of, I mean, I don't, I don't think, back to your question, I don't think there's one key to it, but I think that there is a lot of different bits and components mm -hmm. that work together. What you've done for kind of like the people that you work with is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. What is in the future for Pioneer Design? Like what are you working on next? So we're, I mean, we're just going to try and, continue to do what we're doing mm -hmm. just with more people on board and working with, you know, I, I never want to stop working with uh, the mom and pop shops. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things that we set out with is that I wanted to do uh, big town work and small town work because when I first started doing design and like getting paid for it, mm -hmm. okay, not like, not like church ministry stuff, but like started doing logos and stuff. What I wanted to do is, I knew Statesboro was eventually going to grow. Mm -hmm. I was in, uh, I have a degree in marketing. 
um, from Southern. Um, and one of the things in one of my classes uh, was that Target was supposedly coming back in like 2009, or at least they were surveying the area. Mm-hmm. And they said that uh, the average income didn't meet their stipulations at the time. It was like 40000 you know, average you know, salary for families or whatever, or for individuals, and we were 35 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they weren't coming. And so I knew, and I kind of took that as a cue that big box retailers, big, like larger franchises were coming to this town. And a lot of my friends, even at that time, owned small business. And I wanted to figure out how can I help them survive when the big box comes in? Mm. Because, you know, like my, uh, my grandfather owned uh, an outdoor sportsman uh, or outdoor sportsman, which was an old um, hunting, fishing, archery store. Uh, on Highway 80 a long time ago. I used to work there as a kid, sweeping and vacuuming and uh, making, you know, arrows and, you know, gluing the feathers and stuff on to that and uh, listening to country music, CMT all day. Oh, man. While I was playing metal music <laughs> in the bars. So, like, um, you know, but when Walmart came, because that's how old I am, when Walmart came, it really impacted impacted because it's walmart sure and so for that plus a couple other reasons you know things like that they had to shut it down and so i remember that from when i was young of like i don't want that to happen to my friends Mm -hmm. and so what can i do to help and so that's where like it is like i want to do the big work because i know that's what we're capable of but i also want to take the tactics the strategies um and all of the things that that happen at that level Mm -hmm. Like where people are spending hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars on marketing. Mm-hmm. That do, Working with brands at that level, taking those strategies and tactics from those companies and those marketing teams and implementing that at a smaller level to where we're creating connection with people. Mm. And that's, that's the goal of Pioneer is to continue to do that. It's to continue to work on the front lines of design and marketing and advertising and all of that sort of stuff with some of these bigger brands that we're, we're fortunate to be working with and then translating that into small business and helping small business in this area and beyond to get better and more beautiful. I mean, that's the goal of Pioneer is just do what's necessary, bring people on that's necessary in order to facilitate that for them. For them. Sean, I'm sold. I, I want to buy another logo <laughs> right now. Uh, for those that kind of like uh, are interested in your work, where can they find you at? Um, so our, you can find us on Instagram um, at, at Made by Pioneer. We're on Facebook at Pioneer Design. And then our website is madebypioneer.com. We're in the middle of revamping that right now. So we'll have something new probably in the next couple months. Very nice. Ready to go for all of that. Uh, how about uh, an email address for you? Yeah, um, so my email is Sean, S-E-A-N, like Sean Connery from James Bond. Very nice. Yep, Sean at madebypioneer.com, or you can reach Katie Page at Katie, K-A-T-I-E, at madebypioneer.com. Awesome. Uh, Sean, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with me. Uh, Thanks for having me. I think, uh, enjoyed all of the conversation that we had. Continued to you know push the bounds of kind of uh, design, especially in this area, outside of the area, and everything that you do. Uh, highly recommended. And uh, thanks, man. Thank you so much for uh, stopping by the show. I appreciate you having me.